Hey. Hello. All right, let's just get into it. We're doing a movie night. Yeah, communist movie night. Today we watched, I don't know, you might have watched yours a different day. <laughs> but for this episode, for today's episode, we watched uh, the recent film, Don't Look Up. Yeah, I watched mine last night. My nutshell review is realistically depressing. <laughs> I think, well, we'll get into it, but I think parts of it were realistic, parts of it were not. So, obviously, the plot device is not a very realistic one itself, no, so no. it's kind of, you know, but uh, this film, directed by Adam McKay, and the story by him in collaboration with David Serrata, who's like, who was a big, he was Bernie's, like, campaign director. Oh, I didn't know that. Or something, in I want to say campaign director, I'm not quite sure, but he was in the campaign, big guy. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. And he's like, you know, he just does Twitter stuff now, I guess. I don't know what he does, but <laughs> he's I, a blue check. his tweets sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Starring Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Jennifer Lawrence, who looked really cute in this. I loved her little alt look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People kept making fun of her, though, for it. I loved Mullet it. Mullet girl and Oh, all the boy with things. a dragon tattoo. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Oh, I liked it. Okay, so overall synopsis is these scientists, the characters that are played by those main two. Yeah, um, Doc. Uh, what's his name? Leonardo DiCaprio is Dr. Mindy. Randall Mindy. Yeah. And then her name is Kate Dibinowski? Yeah, it's something like that. Because that's the, what the comet gets named after her. Uh-huh. And yeah, so she discovers this comet and realizes like, fuck, it's going to hit the earth. And, you know very broad overview they try to convince people that it is real and we should do something about it and it does not go well (laughs) (laughs) yeah the movie opens up they're they're kind of just doing science which is (laughs) is very mundane looking you know very uh, it doesn't look boring but it does look kind of routine and sorry you know unsexy (laughs) uh and then they kind of find out gradually when they're doing the calculations, they're excited. Oh, we discovered this comet. Most of the time, that's a fun discovery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone's congratulating her. And uh, then they do the numbers some more, and it does not look good. I think it's interesting, like, they, on a personal level, like, have to grapple with that. And, you know, and and kind of the first move is, let's get back to this later. Like, I'll run these calculations Tomorrow, I don't want to think about this right now. Yeah, I thought they did a good job of portraying, like, kind of how you would realistically react to knowing the Earth is going to end. For the listeners and for anyone who didn't watch the movie, I guess, the comet is like five to eight kilometers or something like that wide. And that's what they call a planet killer. So, like, dinosaur extinction level event. Yeah, so... Precisely, the dinosaur one was 10 kilometers across, which they initially they're like 5 to 10, they narrow in 6 to 9, so around that size, which does, you know, lead to a mass extinction. I don't know, in, in the movie, spoiler, it, <laughs> it, it does, does happen. <laughs> Everything seems to be basically wiped out, and they're talking extinction level. But I think to most people, people think extinction level, we think everything's gone. Whereas real extinction level things like the dinosaur one, it, it does wipe out like lots of species. Um, but it's like 
75%-ish range, which is still disastrous. Still pretty bad. Really, really bad. Humanity probably does continue to be a thing, but just... Not many. We're set back to like, yeah, we're set back to like caveman times. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I have a question. Do telescopes actually emit a laser beam like it showed? Because I didn't think that was real. (laughs) I don't know enough science for that. (laughs) Listeners, if you know. I thought not, but... Yeah, okay. Maybe that's the new models. Maybe. (laughs) They're laser-sided, you know? (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, I I did think it was really realistic how they portrayed, like, Leo very much... Sorry, I'm going to keep calling him Leo. Dr. Mindy has, like, anxiety, and I thought they did a good job portraying that, like, his kind of panic attacks, and then Kate's reaction was immediately, I gotta go get high, which, like, (laughs) I feel ya. (laughs) That's yeah, that's a fair point. And then they call up their bosses who are trying to figure out, you know, because normally reporting the comet stuff is like, okay, we're just going to record this and it's not a big deal. And they're trying to figure out like why you guys are kind of making a big deal out of this initially. And then they're trying to say like, let's not be too dramatic about it. And this is where we first start to see kind of people in positions of relative power anyway. And then this will escalate as the movie goes on. Uh, but people like downplaying the whole situation. Yeah, yeah. There is very much a, a disbelief in the air of like, well, let's just see what it is, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I guess we should go ahead and, well, you guys who've seen this, you know that the comet is essentially a stand-in, a metaphor for climate change overall. And then just catastrophes, I guess, in general, like it could be, it doesn't have to be climate, but it, there's a lot of parallels specifically for climate change and for the pandemic somewhat. Oh, I guess. Yeah. I didn't think about the pandemic angle. I know. Yeah. I'd been reading headlines about how, yeah, it was about climate change. Um, and mm-hmm. maybe we can get into this later. I don't know how well that metaphor holds up. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely has some shortcomings. Yeah. We'll see. So they they take it up the chain. They talk to the Planetary Defense Coordination Office, which is real, which is hilarious. (laughs) I mean, it makes sense. I guess I'm glad we have that. (laughs) Yeah, I wish it were more effective, I guess. (laughs) They kind (laughs) of fucked up. They they failed at their one job. Yeah, well, but they had plans in place, but... Well, no one listened to them. (laughs) All right. (laughs) And that eventually leads them to the White House, and... I mean, this is a Trump stand-in. It's It was funny, though. I was watching it, and I, I said to myself out loud, the president is either going to be black or a woman. And it was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Meryl Streep does a fantastic job of being a terrible. Just <laughs> the worst. And it's not, like, not 100% translation of Trump. I feel like it's kind of a composite sort of everything bad about politicians in a capitalist system. Yeah, she doesn't like, yeah, have a straight up impression of him or anything. But I remember there being a shot of like a trophy on her desk that was something like she used to be in a reality show or an actress Mm. or something. And then the chief of staff is her son and all the people in power are like mega donors. So like, to me, at least that like read as we're trying to paint this as if not a direct parallel to Trump, like we're hinting at it. Sure, yeah. I think they would press back and say lots of politicians are that corrupt, though, you know? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. So. Maybe it was just the reality TV star, like, detail that got me. Fair enough. So they get there, and they're they're basically, like, blown off. Like, they have to wait a long mm-hmm. time. Oh, the general... Oh, my gosh, that was so funny. Dude, yes. <laughs> this running bit. So this general 
bring some snacks. And he's like, yeah, it costs an arm and a leg. It was 10 bucks for this. And so like they pay him. And later Kate goes up to the kitchen and she's like, where do I pay for this? And they're like, it's free. This is the white house. And like (laughs) the rest of the movie, she's haunted by this. It makes me laugh so hard. It's pretty good. Like, cause just, you know, that's kind of a a general mentality sort of thing is (laughs) military guys trying to rip people off. But the broader thing that they sort of discover, like that's their first encounter with kind of the flimsiness or like the scamminess of the whole system. Like it's all very fake. The thing I noticed first in like their scenes with that, in those initial scenes with the president was how they immediately tried to downplay it. And like, they just spun it into optics immediately. They're like, well, you can't say you're hundred percent sure. And they're like, okay, I mean, 99.7. And they're like, Oh, let's round it down to 70. (laughs) They also were like, well, where are you even from? Like Michigan state. That's like not, we're going to get some Ivy league people to check it out. Mm. It was was horrible. Very elitist. You get why uh, it makes sense. I would be like, Oh my gosh, I don't need to know all the little calculations. Like get to the point. I get that. I guess their first reaction aside from that, like downplaying it, the next thing they get to is like, what is the cost? What are we going to have to do? Sort of thing. I want to talk about the delivery. Like I, I did make a note of that, that like, Leo's delivery of it is super rough. Like he's so anxious and he's so scientifically minded that he can't just get to the point. He is just talking about equations and numbers. And I think that could have gone a lot better. And I guess I'm curious, like what the movie was trying to say about that. Like to me, the the guy they were working with, Dr. Oglethorpe, he was much better equipped for this. Like why I, whenever he spoke, it made sense. I'm like, why don't you just take over? Like, why does it have to be the people who discovered it, who are delivering this? You know what I mean? Like they were so obsessed with like taking credit for it almost that it's like, I I wish they would have sat back and be like, look, I am not the best person. Like they kept telling them like, you need media training. Like you're bad at this, whatever. And I'm like, I agree. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But he, he kind of grows out of, I don't know, grows into the, that role of spokesperson. But yeah, it's true. Science and science communication are very different. It's a very different skill set, I guess, to have. Yeah, and I think one of the overall like points of the movie was like the importance of peer-reviewed science and like an untainted science and all that. And it, to me, it felt like a very binary choice of like, you either have pure science or you have like the other extreme of the media they show, which was like social media and like inane morning talk show hosts and stuff like that. And I'm like, there's got to be a middle ground in there somewhere. Like you have to have a way. And this is something I find frustrating about science Day is Like if I want to go read a study, I have to like learn how to read a study, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. like yeah. I think, they could do a better job of communicating their point. And I, I think, I don't know if that was on purpose in the movie of like, look how bad they are at it or because it felt like they're, they spent a lot of time demeaning the other side more. Does that make sense? Saying people are stupid because they like entertainment. Yes. Yeah. I think that that was sort of, I don't know. It comes across as kind of an old man <laughs> critique of society is look at all these youngsters and their phones and their pop stars. Yeah, and, and I I guess I just wonder, would this be a different movie if if the 
the main scientists had a little more of that. Either they had that ability to deliver things or they like leaned on someone else that did and was actually on their side. It just it felt like they're setting up that like if you are charismatic, you're automatically like kind of evil and you're part of this media system and you're like a bad guy. <laughs> They flesh that out some, too, because when he becomes a, a spokesperson and gets good at it and is the America's sexy doctor and everything, <laughs> I mean, we're going to see their plan still doesn't work. Like, no, that's what I'm saying. They put together this slick messaging thing or whatever, like, that you want, and it still doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere. No, but that's what like, I'm saying. Why, why does that have to be the case? Why can't you be good at delivering something and also have a good plan? I mean, they <laughs> did have a good plan. They just didn't do it, remember? Well, yeah, well... That's that's like I guess a different piece because that gets into like capitalism and I th- I think that's the main critique there. But mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying is I guess that's the point. That even if you do deliver it correctly and manage to get in the room, like larger forces will come fuck it up. Yeah, I mean I think that he pulls off exa- you know kind of what you're saying is he pulls off this eventually pulls out this cool science delivery and they put this packaged campaign together and all that and then they don't you know it it doesn't work because of the structural forces yeah yeah one other thing before we move on in the white house meeting or whatever they're talking to the president and we know we said well we can't we can't do anything yet we have to wait on it because the midterms are coming up and you know classic you know liberals sort of thing of like you know we can't lose congress or then we can't do anything at all you know sort of thing (laughs) And then she puts on this big show of like, hey, no, listen, I, I hear you. I hear your concern. I feel that you're stressed. It's going to be a, we're going to do something. Like very assuredly promises basically nothing, but does, uh, you know, I mean like that's, it's trite maybe, but people should have by now more of an understanding of politicians in this way in a capital system is just they're there to like play a role you know they're there to just assuage people's fears and just kind of say hey everything's going to be fine make you think that something's happening yeah i mean they're essentially actors in that way they they're just kind of making vague statements and managing their own publicity and therefore like the country's publicity like yeah that is all it is they're just in in the movie they're just doing the same things as like the media companies are whether it's the the newspaper that was Ugh. tracking its story or the the guy that was doing the articles that he was trying to get clickbait headlines oh, or whatever yeah, the or boyfriend. the tv guys all of them are doing the same thing of like trying to run numbers uh, the, the tech guy which we're about to get into but the politicians are doing it too <laughs> so tech guy is is peter bash and he's basically like a kind of an amalgam of like steve jobs kind of figure or maybe i i kind of read him as musk more Mm, yeah 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 he has some other it's like ishwell or something but his company is bash oh okay never mind it doesn't matter but (laughs) i just called him bash guy he's terrible he's like really awkward (laughs) and like 
is just like everyone's like don't make eye contact with them don't smile at them all kinds of rules and he's yeah. <laughs> at this like horrible tech conference where like he's talking about a phone that can sense your emotions and i'm like oh this is fucked up and true yeah he just <laughs> figures out when you're sad and sends you happy videos and schedules <laughs> therapy appointments for you it's fantastic oh god no 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 please no <laughs> but it's already what is it like linked into your bloodstream or something like it's crazy how much it knows I think it said it like takes your blood pressure from like you holding it, I guess. Like it can sense that. <laughs> Ugh, gross. People will beg to use that. I mean, people already have Fitbits. It's a thing. Yeah. So gross. They introduce him. Yeah. And they also show that he finds out about the comet. Like at that moment, he gets some insider info and everything. And he's, he's like, oh my God, you know, and obviously starts to do something about it, but we're not shown. Yeah. Okay. Then they go to the papers, even though they were told like, hey, you cannot leak any of this. Um, It'll be, it's classified information. They're like, well, fuck it. Somebody needs to know. We can't just sit and assess like this. this Oh, by the way, the comment's coming in like six months. So like, we got to do this now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The timeline. Forgot that. (laughs) Forgot to mention it. It's pretty dire. Six months to live. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, they go to the papers and the equivalent of the New York Times, it looks like. It's called like the New York Herald or something. And they're like, okay, we're going to get you a lawyer because like you're going to get sued by the government. <laughs> Is That's when they get them on the talk show, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they start doing the media blitz of the morning shows, this horrible, the morning rip or something. <laughs> yes. What was it called? The daily rip. The daily rip. Ugh. And, and you know, it's clear everyone's seen this morning show in our world at some point. It's just, they, I don't know, they're nothing to say really. They're hateable. And it was clear what <laughs> it was. It was clearly that. Why? Why did they go on that show? There wasn't any other show they could get on? I mean, I can only assume. And yeah, like, I don't know. I, I, I wonder as to the effectiveness of like big media pushes like that anyway. Like, oh, I'm going to get on all the TV talk show. Like, aren't only the old people watching that? Like, Yeah, wouldn't you just go on Twitter or like an actual news network? <laughs> It's also perhaps saying that they had it wrong from the start because their whole plan here is to convince the people in power to do a plan, right? And so, I mean, if you're talking to the people in power, they keep up with those shows and stuff. They they watch that. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's the audience. I mean, is basically the Washington establishment people, you know? So maybe that's that's what they're saying is that's, that was their whole idea was let's get on there and make the politicians change you know yeah i guess i was just kind of like confused by even the setting of like a a peppy morning talk show i'm like i get what you're saying here which is that like those those shows are stupid or whatever (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i i guess i'm just like there's a there's again a spectrum between that and like a regular just you know a cnn newscast kind of thing which those also are stupid. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a fucking like shill for them, but like <laughs> there's at least degrees. <laughs> yeah. And they have faced similar audience, like older, you know, the uh, smaller audiences or whatever. So I don't know. I think they were just trying to, it was a plot device, like go tell the world. Okay. I'll do it on TV. You know? mm-hmm. I, it was like a, just a stand in for the media in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They go on there and they have the segments they're leading with. There's this background 
stupid distraction story about like the Supreme Court nominee. Oh my God, that's that so they're trying to push. Funny. Who is like a sheriff, but doesn't have a law degree, likes to shoot people, <laughs> and then it comes out like that he was he was a nude model yeah and then he like apparently did softcore porn (laughs) yeah it just gets it gets worse from there he like then there's like a sexting thing or something with the president the president yeah so fucking funny (laughs) it just goes you know and people are obsessed with that and i think this is kind of a i don't know i don't know if this is a weak area for the film or not we can talk about it like let's talk about it it will it very much portrays people as stupid i agree like there's also this other thing that they do in this little segment of the morning show where the singer is like getting back together with someone and people are like having to have a an opinion on this and like they're talking about it on twitter and everyone's obsessed with this relationship and with this supreme court they're just distracted and really portrayed as like dupes I agree. I I didn't particularly enjoy the way this film satired like social media and celebrity culture and all of that. I mean, I don't I have mixed feelings about it cuz like yeah, I'm not super into that culture either. Like I like social media and stuff, but I'm not like following. I mean, I think literally Ariana Grande plays this pop star. <laughs> So uh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's her. It looks exactly like She's her. on the cast list, so okay. I guess so. Yeah, that that's was probably her. her. Okay. Clearly, I'm not very familiar with her work. If I'm like, who is this lady? <laughs> yeah, but what I'm saying is that like, same. <laughs> people should be allowed to enjoy things. And I and mm-hmm. I think when you denigrate pop culture, oftentimes you are just like shaming women for liking things. You know what I mean? Like it's just like, oh, stupid fucking teenage girls liking bullshit. You know? <laughs> mm, yeah. Okay, I can see that. To me, it just comes across as very old. Like It is very old, too. Just like, ah, millennials and Gen Z with their phones. <laughs> yeah. I do appreciate, I guess, that like at least it wasn't just kids or young, you know, younger people like invested in this. You know, like everybody was. Mm-hmm. You know? But it just comes across to me as like old fashioned, like, and uh, I don't know, elitist if there is the right term, but just kind of like high, you know highbrow why shouldn't you be interested in the important matters of state and stuff <laughs> yes i agree it did come across as yeah elitist or just kind of douchey <laughs> if i can't find a good word we'll go with douchey <laughs> well i guess i would add there is like it is something we would ha- as a as a left we would have to co- we do have to compete in the realm of what is and so we do have to like compete for attention against you know what the 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 backdrop of whether it's celebrity culture or just entertainment news or whatever whatever people are already tuned into we have to get in those areas and like convince them that hey you should actually be putting your bodies on on, you know on the line (laughs) fighting against capitalism sort of thing which is not as exciting of a i don't know not as not as traditionally interesting to people that's true. So. I, I guess my concern or like my overall like feeling I get from this movie is the people who either wrote it or are really into it, I, to me, give off the vibe of the kind of guy who's like, I'm just really utilitarian and I just believe in science. And I think we should only have the smartest people in charge and we should only do things that are logical, which I'm like, that's how you get some bad policies that hurt marginalized people. (laughs) (laughs) 
And yeah, I think they would counter and say, I, I get the feeling definitely about the, we believe in science sort of crowd or like facts and logic sort of idea. I think they would say, you know, Oh, it's, this is, this would be best for everybody. This, you know, we could find a way to do things to look after people, but I definitely think it was from a, it was very reformist. And we'll, yes, we'll see that yes. come, come out a little bit later. Oh my gosh. Too. Yeah, I can't wait to get to that part. <laughs> I was cackling. Yeah, I guess. Drastic reforms maybe, but reforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think my issue with that whole ethos and vibe or whatever, as portrayed in this movie is like, it makes sense in the movie. Cause it's like a fucking comet that's going to kill everyone. It's very black and white. It's very like, yup. Yeah. <laughs> Like this is happening, and not to say that like climate change is not that, but it's 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 more complicated than that. I feel like not that a yes. comet isn't complicated in terms of like yeah, how do we get rid of this thing? Like yeah, that would be very difficult. But <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, you couldn't figure that out. Give me a few hours. <laughs> yeah, come on, me give me an hour and a slingshot. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> but I see what you're saying. This is this is a point at which we can get into the effectiveness of the metaphor. Yeah, do we want to do that now? Yeah, because okay, so. The metaphor trying to be climate change based, that's the, you know, easiest, I think, most straightforward path. I think one big difference is that in the situation of climate change, capitalism is, if not creating it altogether, is exacerbating it. Mm. Like we are, we are stirring that up, making that worse, right? Yeah. Uh, whereas the comet is just out of nowhere. I mean, the comet, we didn't do anything to ask for. It didn't turn <laughs> on a big magnet and boom, like it just comes hurtling towards us. It's, it's from nowhere. And in the movie to combat the comet, you can still do capitalism. I don't get why so many of the people are and really until you get to the whole like reveal of, Oh, there are minerals on it. There's no, there doesn't seem to be very much of a smart reason, a facts and logic reason why, you shouldn't just mobilize your forces and take out the comet. Whereas in our situation, there is a self-interested, re, you know, rationale that makes sense behind why you would, you know, want to keep capitalism going, even if it means wor- worsening the climate in whatever long term, because that's going to kill someone else that's not you. And you get to stay in your position of power versus being put up put up against a wall you know yeah yeah <laughs> um my big issue i mean those are all the other points and i agree and i i like that idea of like cause and effect but my immediate issue was this is too immediate and concrete yeah it does take away that that factor like we said um it's not going to kill you yeah yeah which climate change will kill lots of people but the, not most of the people in power it's like killing people now it is, it is, but it's mostly like in the global south, and it's mostly mm-hmm. very poor people. Like it, it goes unreported and unseen. Yeah, yeah, and in the in the halls of power, nothing. You know, they'll be fucking. It's fine. not them. Even a couple hundred years in the future, what they're dead, but their class is going to be somewhat insulated from it. Mm-hmm. They'll have their little eco domes, or be on another planet, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but back to the cause and effect thing. I like that a lot. Because you're right, yeah, the comet is just, like, random. And I think it's interesting. They kind of flip it in the movie, whereas in the movie, the the comet is coming towards them, and then they realize, oh, we can gain from this comet. We can profit from it. 
it's kind of the other way around with climate change. It's like we are profiting and therefore causing the problem. And then we realize, oh shit, it's going to, yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, you, there's an argument to be made that like you could technically find a way to profit from climate change, like by like, I don't know, selling fucking ecodomes <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> and converting everything to like solar technology or whatever and get in on the ground floor of that. But like, that's, I don't know. That's probably just not a good business That's plan. the bash solution. That's the, oh, we're going to break it up. We're going to do all that. We're still going to make money and we're going to save the planet. And that's what nowadays, that's what ExxonMobil and everybody's doing is they're, you know, these energy companies are becoming like green energy companies <laughs> so that they can make money off of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. That's, that's all of fracking. That's all of um, like, you know, those kind of pie in the sky desalinization plans of like, oh, we won't run out of water. We'll just use the ocean. It's like, okay, I don't know if you're getting the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very, very spot on there. I like that, that analysis. So they're at the talk show. They finally get to their segment and they're like kind of making, you know, doing the stupid morning talk show thing, mm -hmm. which again, like what you like. We're not trying to be cultural critics there, <laughs> I guess, but I don't like. I no, not my thing. Any, so, <laughs> and so they're, they're doing that. And, uh, Kate freaks out and says, like, what the fuck? We're all going to die. Why are we joking? <laughs> and I I think it's extremely relatable. And I think, I, I think, again, that's why I'm frustrated with this venue of this talk show. Because I'm just like, it didn't have to go this way. You could have, you could have delivered this message seriously and, like, relatively calmly and had people respond to it. Because, like, the, the hosts are just, like, talking right over them. They're like, oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Aliens are just, they're just ignoring yeah. it, you know? <laughs> It could have, yeah. I mean, like, why not go on NPR? Like, they'll give you a very serious treatment, you know, or <laughs> or whatever. Like, you can you can do this in in a number of outlets that aren't very, uh, that aren't like intentionally as like the guy said, like light and airy and fun. Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. And like, I couldn't tell if it was just like they couldn't get an in because they weren't powerful enough. I would almost prefer if this movie was like a little bit more satire. You know what I mean? Like. If they're in a world like it's, you know, it's Brazil. We're in a totally different world. Mm, okay. And all media is like this. All media is light and stupid. There's literally no such thing as like their fake version of the New York Times they were going to. That would have made more sense to me if there's just no other option. That's fair. Yeah. If if, <laughs> if it was like in RoboCop where everyone's watching the uh, that one stupid show with the guy, I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> yes, know? exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Because I, yeah, I was just I like, agree. if you went to the paper, why don't you fucking print it in the paper? Why did you have to go on TV? They're just trying to, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're no right, point. you're right. They should have, they should have done something else. I just, I think it's weird they put the option out there, is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So they, but, the, you know, they did what they did. They went on the morning show. She becomes a meme. Becomes, yeah, <laughs> just gets owned on the internet. Yeah, and, you know, I thought it was a horribly accurate thing of what happens to you when you are a woman on the internet <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah pretty bad sure. uh and then meanwhile everyone's like oh dang daddy doctor over here <laughs> real i just i need to make some notes about leo's performance i really like his nerd voice yeah his midwestern mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um his beard does get a lot better so that's good i thought it was cool before but i'm not a good i'm not a good beard judge it I was guess. too it was too long it looked weird <laughs> um oh and during the talk show they flash back to his family and like the kids are 
they have the new phones and they're like, oh, this my phone just downloaded this girl's album for me. Like, <laughs> is it supposed to do that? It was so freaky. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm being old for that, but that seems to me like yeah, fairly spot on. No, <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. We'll be there in 10 years. Yep, 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 yep. So, um, so they're, they're in the aftermath of that. They go meet with the Herald and that's where they're kind of saying, oh, you became a meme, whatever. The head of NASA starts raising doubts and saying like, oh, this is fear mongering. Uh, so the Herald's like mad because they're like, you told us it was a sure thing. And then we find out the head of NASA is an anesthesiologist and super donor to the president, which is why she's head of NASA. There you go. <laughs> uh, corruption. <laughs> and that's capitalism, though. I mean, I mean, yes, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you can say, oh, we could have fair, honest government, whatever, but it would end up that way. Yeah, I mean, it would. <laughs> then they get arrested by the FBI for leaking the story. And they drag him back to the White House. And they're like, all right, we actually had our Ivy League guys check this out. And you're right. There is a comment. They like admit, admit they're wrong, but in like the meanest way possible. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And they're, they're, the chief of staff, Jonah Hill, <laughs> he's, just guy, the worst. He's, just, he's so ridiculous. Like. I don't know. He was just just for comic relief, I think. I mean, aside from pointing out like nepotism exists, which duh, I think besides that, he was just just there to be funny. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think he's a, an extreme exaggeration of like, I don't know, like an Eric Trump or something, you know, like just just total nepotism yeah. and idiocy. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, they apologize. But then it's like, well, this is really just because the midterms, you know, we're trying we're trying to use this to their advantage. Uh, but they they say they put together a plan. <laughs> Their plan is so funny. They introduce us to this general. <laughs> it's the guy from uh, who's this guy? I love him. The one who's gonna like pilot it? Yeah. Oh, uh, Ron Perlman. Perlman, that's what it was. I was thinking of Ray Perlman, which is a different. That's a lady. <laughs> ah, okay, yeah, Ron Perlman. <laughs> yeah, okay. From, so I know him from Sons of Anarchy, but he's in different stuff. Yeah, he's in lots of stuff. So he's. <laughs> <laughs> I I love the plan because they're like okay. We're going to get all these decommissioned rockets and stuff and, you know, get a bunch of nukes and detonate it to the comet. And they're like, cool, that sounds great. And they're like, and we're going to get a hero to fly it. And they're like, why wouldn't you this just be a drone? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, no, we need one, like optically speaking. And so they get Ron Perlman as this crazy guy. Oh, my God. He's so fucking funny. (laughs) Yeah. He's just old and like... uh very like racist and everything else (laughs) yeah yeah very problematic yeah every time he speaks someone afterwards goes he's just from a different generation (laughs) (laughs) yeah which is like there's plenty of old people that are like normal (laughs) yeah yeah it was pretty funny so that's the plan and they announce this plan in this big spectacular oh my god battleship uh mission accomplished sort of thing (laughs) Mm -hmm. there's flags everywhere there's like like there's fireworks there's like guys lined up like saluting it's ridiculous <laughs> they they start the campaign i guess i don't know it was very dumb like <laughs> this whole kind of montage of like going out there and telling everyone hey this is the best plan let's do, i don't know like what did you think about this seg- segment i mean this is where leo like gets more appearances on the talk show right yeah yeah gets more appearance on the talk show sesame street mhm and it's just like trying to convince people this is cool. Like 
They're just doing PR. I don't know. Yeah, no, it definitely is. It becomes a whole campaign. Oh, I thought it was funny because it's like a whole montage. They show the stock markets going up and down like crazy. You have the conservatives, like the Fox News people saying like, there's not, you know, maybe there's not even a comment sort of thing. Like it's a hoax. Um, Leo starts cheating on his wife. Hated yeah, that. With, with this ridiculous lady. Yeah, the talk show lady who like turns out to be very smart, but like just is terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she's just a pure messenger for capitalism or whatever. Okay, then we get to the mission. Or unless you want to, did you want to talk more about the campaign? No, the only thing I had for the campaign was just, why? What? <laughs> it's it's not, it's, I guess it, the movie does make clear it's not a good solution because it doesn't really, it doesn't seem like it changes people's minds. It doesn't really do anything. And then... You know, the mission is attempted or sort of attempted, started anyway. You know, like, I don't know. It it doesn't, they just kind of want to feel good and convince people that they're doing the right thing. Yeah, I didn't understand the point. I mean, I guess the point of the campaign was because she wanted better approval ratings. Like, she could have just done it in secret. Like, she's the president. Like, she could have just been like, whatever, just do it. So I think maybe that was the point was that, like, like they got co-opted into the political process, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then, yeah, we get to launch day. Yeah. Um, my note for this is, this movie is so upsetting, I'm going to go in my room and cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The the Bash CEO guy is in the room with the president, and they're all there. For some reason, the morning news lady is there. Mm-hmm. It's just, okay, why are these people in there? Whatever. But I don't know. Again, they're just doing optics, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> real quick. The commander, like, starts saying hilarious shit when he's in there. Uh, when he's in the rocket, he's like, I just want to say hi to all you hardworking white folks out there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's like, and the gays, too. <laughs> it's yeah. so weird. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And the general is just like, from a different generation. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But yeah, so Bash guy comes in and pulls out the president and... Just bosses her around. <laughs> oh, completely just has her on a leash. And yeah, yeah. that's that's accurate. Yep. <laughs> and I called it. I, as soon as he came in the room, I was like, something bad is going on here. And as soon as they turned around, I'm like, they found rare earth minerals. And sure enough. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, trillions, $140 trillion worth of rare minerals are on the comet. So we can't destroy it like that. We can't (laughs) let all that go to waste. Yeah, yeah. My next note just is nope, 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 nope. (laughs) I start, this is when I start getting really upset. A lot of my notes start to not make sense at this point. Just various degrees (laughs) of distress. (laughs) Yeah, that's when I watched it first, I was... The first time I watched it, I was drinking, and it was not a good choice. Mm -mm, mm -mm. It turned out to be a very hard night. But (laughs) yeah, it's a rough one. But yeah, so they they say, and and someone raises a question. I think it's uh, Leo that says, "What do the trillions of dollars matter if we're if we're all dead?" Basically, right? (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, "Yeah, but oh, we're not going to die because we have this cool." tech plan to break up the comet with these bash drone things and we're going to direct those little smaller pieces into the ocean and 
it's going to be great. And he does this like crazy Ted talk speech with like swelling music. And you're just like, Oh, what? (laughs) Yes. The speech, the speech was like, he does this whole like kind of 3d mock-up thing. Like it's like a hologram kind of situation. And all the words he's saying are just nonsense. He's like, we're using our algorithms and our nanotechnology. And just he's just throwing out all the jargon there. And I'm like, this means nothing. Like, I, I my next note is, this tech is not real. Like, there's no fucking way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't going to work. This is, this is fucking Elon Musk selling you a bag of shit. <laughs> yeah, or just like a tunnel or something. You know, just ridiculous things. They make Leo the, the head scientist guy. Mm-hmm. And then he's talking with Kate and Oglethorpe at a bar. And I really like this conversation. I, I could talk about this for a long time. Let's do it. <laughs> They're giving him shit. They're like, why are you on this plan? This plan fucking sucks. You know it sucks. The science, I bet, is not real. Like, has this been reviewed? And he's trying to defend it, but also is saying, like, wouldn't you rather have me in the room to keep it on track? Yeah. He's like, he wants oh. to be in the room where it happens. Oh, he's just a little reformer nutcase yeah it's (laughs) you gotta you have to win elections you have to get in there to make real change and that's why you gotta vote blue no matter who (laughs) exactly that is what it is (laughs) this is the total lib approach of like i'll be the good guy in the room and i'll make i'll steer it to where we want to go yeah and they're you know increasingly oglethorpe and kate are like i don't know this doesn't seem to be it you know they're they're kind of like done with it <laughs> yeah and kate starts yelling and they're like keep it down and then i love this part where everyone in the restaurant is like what's going on like you must know like they see his white house badge and they're like please we're just regular people and we want to know what's going on yeah which i appreciated because we earlier criticized a little bit of elitism but like i think here it kind of is maybe just a nod you know there could be more of this in the film but like regular people with real reasons to care like hey i've got kids i want to know what to tell them like you know smart enough to realize their own interests which i think is more the case than the rest of the film shows yeah and and i was struggling to figure out how to crack this particular nut but i was like man i wish we could do some mass action here because like you know a riot breaks out after this and i'm like that's fucking understandable and but then i was struggling with like how do you go from that to like like overthrowing the government and like making sure the like comet gets deflected i don't fucking know is the answer so <laughs> yeah <laughs> nsa calm down i don't have a plan clearly yeah well our plan currently if you must know is to do a <laughs> weekly podcast yeah it's, then it's step two great. question mark question mark question mark step three the and abolition of profit <laughs> that's it that's all we got so yeah kate tells people they decided not to stop the comment because of billionaires wanting to make more money and everyone's like what the fuck and they riot and she gets uh black hooded gets arrested (laughs) and this is there's a lovely line here where she's in the back of the car and dr randall's like you can't go doing this like what do you want to do overthrow the government Oh, I wrote that. And I just said, yes. yes. <laughs> I wrote the same thing. It was just like, oh. wow. Maybe not. I mean, maybe there'd be too much chaos to where you just couldn't put anything together. But it seems like in in their current situation, the power structure was such that 
they were only going to try to address it in the stupid tech way, in the way that made them more money. As the film goes on, you learn more about their plan. and They're like paying off Chile to take on these huge tsunamis. They're paying off other countries to deal with the damage from these things. It's it's like an unstoppable conspiracy at one point. Yeah, yeah. And that's capitalism. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, kids, is called capitalism. Now, again, you know, we already mentioned the metaphors, kind of weakness, because these guys are really behaving quite stupidly. Or maybe just hubristically, because like they're sure that this weird mining scheme is going to work with relatively few consequences for them versus the longer scale of climate change where you don't even really have to worry about that so much. Like it's further out in the future for you suffering any sort of, you know. I think what's interesting about the the tech plan is... There is this notion, and we touched on it earlier with their kind of idea of elitism in terms of like college and stuff like that with their scientists, but everyone just believes whatever the fuck this guy says, this Peter guy. (laughs) Yeah. And to an extent, they believe everything the president says. They just, there is a belief in power that gets shattered throughout the movie, which I really enjoy. Yeah. And finally, Leo comes around at the end and says something effective like, they don't fucking know anything. They're lying. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love this line that Kate says later, which is like, they're not even smart enough to be as evil as you think they are. (laughs) So, which sort of was true, but sort of wasn't because they were sitting there talking about like, oh no, they've got like spaceships to leave. And they did. They did. (laughs) So they, I mean, some of them are smart enough to do that, but only like there's limit. We'll see the limits of that too. (laughs) The limits of their evil geniusness. Yeah, I, I think, the climate change metaphor, again, it is it is kind of a backwards equation of, of let's profit off of this thing instead of let's profit to cause this thing. I do think it's correct in the, the essential equation of it, which is they're going to let people die so they can get money. They are already yes. doing that. <laughs> That's true. We're nitpicking kind of the granular details, but you're right, the, the big picture item you are expendable as blood fuel for their machine has been true since the days of Marx. Yeah. That's why I almost wonder, like, would this be better as a metaphor for capitalism instead of climate change? Like, yeah, again, the timeline is off there too, but that equation is still the same. It's for dramatic. Yeah. Cause it's for dramatic effect that like, Oh, the six months device. Sure. It heightens everything. But like the stakes while different are still, I mean, the setup is still the same. Like, they're willing to make your life worse so that they can make their life better. They're willing to punish the global south specifically and, you know, cause all kinds of tsunamis and earthquakes in South America so they can profit and provide for, like, the home country, the imperialist countries. That becomes like a a slogan of, of this new campaign is, what is it, jobs from the comet or something? Oh, yeah, the comet providing like uh mining jobs or something or not mining jobs but like i guess jobs related to the i don't know they don't really go into it they just say it's going to provide a bunch of jobs i think yeah yeah and and when kate goes home she tries to go home to her parents and the door is locked and they're like we don't want any politics here (laughs) which like oh god and they said we're for the jobs the comet will create (laughs) which 
It's insane. Insane. And and that is really the trade-off people have been sold is like, okay, yeah. you at home will have a, first off, a job being your, your fucking dream. Mm, God. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for you. Dream bigger. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they promise all this it bash promises it. I keep calling him bash. I don't care what his real name is. He sucks. It's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the bash guy keeps promising. He puts it in like very social justice terms of like, this will solve poverty and inequality and hunger and all this stuff. Like he's very savvy in that way. And I'm like, there's no way that you, even if you did that, even if you're, you got all the rare earth minerals, you're not going to redistribute that wealth. No. Why the fuck would you? And why should you be in charge of it? That's our charity episode. Basically, is he want, he wants to do charity, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But I don't even believe that he's going to no, do that. No, certainly not. I mean, not in this, <laughs> not at the scale to do all that. He's just winning people over. But I, th- I like what you say about, uh, I like this point we brought up that like it's, it is more capitalism then it, I mean, it is climate change, but I think it's it works better as a metaphor just to critique capitalism. Maybe that's just our lens, but... You know, and it's still, <laughs> it suffers from the same imperfections, you know, it's still not 100% precise, but um, Kate goes back home. She has signed a, or she tries to go back home. I guess she doesn't actually yeah. end up back home. Yeah, her parents don't let her. But she, like, had to sign an NDA, basically, to even get out. And so, yeah, now... Dr. Randall is working PR for the government. I like how in the end times, what we get from FEMA and the government is a, like a corporate sponsored hotline. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yep. He just becomes a a fucking shill for the government and for Bash who are like co-branding this campaign (laughs) with a very cheesy commercial. It's just horrible. Yeah. It's pretty bad. It's sad to think that most of our, unless there's a dramatic course correction, most of our future space endeavors are going to be of that variety, uh, co-sponsored by Ugh. SpaceX and yeah. Hate it. <laughs> what else? The affair. Oh, yeah. So Leo's wife comes in. I really hated this. This is just upsetting. I, I, I just fucking hate that woman so much. The, the TV the lady. News lady. Yeah, she was just like, let's just get this over well, with. She's like, so, she's, yeah, she's ugh. so separated from like real people's experience. She doesn't think of anything but like her own feelings. She's the only person in the world basically for herself. Very hateable. Kate ends up working in a liquor store and this is where she meets Timothy Chalamet, who when I saw his name in the credits, I was so annoyed. You know how I feel about this man. <laughs> <laughs> his face is too pointy and I'm tired of seeing him in every movie, but he won me over in this role. I dig him. I don't know. I don't. I don't oppose him. I love his punk uh, affectation here, though. It's a yes, very good role. I liked it. <laughs> I liked his little weird anarchist Christian vibe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like secretly Christian or whatever. Don't tell anybody, please. I'd appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just like kind of a chill punk. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was an interesting kind of person to bring into this equation. Yeah. I, you know, it's it seemed to me sort of like a, like the zoomers, you know, like that's what they were maybe going for is that, Hey, this is what, this is the experience of young people in capitalism. Like what we're feeling about it. 
And it's kind of like, we don't give a fuck. It's just like, fuck this. It's stupid. <laughs> we realize it's a scam. We realize, you know, the people in power are trying to rip us off or they don't care about us sort of thing. Uh, but, the, you know, from their perspective, it's just kind of like shrug. Who cares? Which I don't think there's, I like to think there's not so much of that out there. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a kind of an odd choice to put. Again, it does feel kind of kind of old. Of, mm-hmm. of this, like, this is what the youth are like. They're just fucking skateboarding punks who don't give a they shit. They throw it's like the walls and they just steal liquor. And <laughs> Obviously, it's not saying everyone does that, but. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I would have been much more interested in an actual, like, if she actually got involved with more of like a movement yeah. or something, you know? Or some like, terrorism or something. Like, they should have started <laughs> yeah. an underground. I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was weird and a little... Again, kind of judgy. I don't know. It's It comes across as kind of just liberal in that sense of reformist of like, there's the options of convincing people to do the right thing, like getting the people in power to change their minds. Uh, I think the most radical options that you have are the various instances of people rioting or looting or whatever, or the, uh, Oglethorpe ends up like protesting to divest from bash at maybe a university or something like that's presented as one of the extreme sort of options, (laughs) you know, but there's no, there's no one out there saying like, let's take heads. Like let's, let's take this place over. And even the looting, it's like that didn't actually solve anything and it didn't, it wasn't portrayed as like a helpful step. Right. It was like, it was like just a reaction, liberal view of that. of like, Oh, look at these crazy people. They went nuts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I would have been much more interested in more of a, obviously, more of a grassroots movement or something. And it, it does, I mean, this movie has like a liberal solution to liberal problems. Well, <laughs> let's look at it this way, though, because we know in the end, the again, liberal solution fails. it yeah. fails. So perhaps it's either unwittingly or perhaps on purpose saying, this is what happens when you try liberalism. Maybe. I can't tell because they didn't provide any alternatives and they didn't. I was left wondering, like, okay, if, like, some of these circumstances didn't exist, would it have worked? Like, I don't know. Because there's some lines in it. Like, at the end, Kate says, like, I just keep thinking about, like, what could I have done differently? And I don't know if they could have. Like, I don't I don't know what circumstances would have led them to a successful campaign or whatever. Shooting the CEO guy probably would have helped. <laughs> that guy fucking sucked, yeah. Like, just blowing up their headquarters. <laughs> Yeah, he was the one that don't had do the that. idea. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, don't. sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what they're uh. going for, if I'm being honest. But I would, I like it as an interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, she lets Chalamet's punks leave with uh, <laughs> with some free booze because she doesn't care. You know, the oh, I think the, the her ex boyfriend is writing a book now. Oh yeah, brush with god, the that devil. Guy sucked. Oh my god, uh, it, that made me sad because that actor was in the movie yesterday, which is really good. And so I was like, "No, you have to be nice." <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's betrayed their, me. That's their power as actors is villains and heroes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Next. Oh, this is the the conversation about algorithms, um, where like Bash guy is able to predict Leo's death, apparently. Ugh, that's so creepy. I love this conversation, though, because, yeah, so Dr. Randall's kind of asking him, like, 
the science, you know, uh, peer review, this sort of stuff, which is a very, I don't know. That's another thing. It's, it's a very technocratic, like plea people. Can we please have more peer reviews and believe scientists, which like, yes, but I just don't see it as a big solution, but. I also don't see it as like a purely neutral solution either, because like every scientific study is funded and it's usually by people who have an incentive to do so, Yeah, you know? Yeah, that's true. So you can't just hold it up as like, this is empirical evidence. It's like, well, who funded the study? Like was, how was your, you know, your sample size? Was it diverse? Like I was, I have mentioned this book before, but like in the book, Invisible Women, they talk about how like, they didn't test women with seatbelts until like the 90s. Yeah, wow. <laughs> you know, like there's and all kinds of like medical studies just exclude women or fat people even like just all kinds of people are not covered under these sorts of studies. So you can't just be like, done, we did it. Yeah, the scientists are in <laughs> charge know? now. Yeah, you have to figure out how to democratize that in a way too. Yeah, because I mean, if you think about it. Because the education system is so segregated by wealth, like, your scientists are going to have a lot of bias. Like, you read all the time about, like, tech stories where, you know, coders will accidentally make a racist program. And it's not because they're, like, out there being super racist. It's because they, like, don't consider issues that don't affect them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, Very true. I'm just saying science isn't just black and white, like, always the best. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I mean, again, I mean, like good i mean it does good things it can do good things i should say it's just a tool but it's not the solution yes yeah it can't just be like it's not a pure empirical good yeah 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 so they have this conversation and uh bash ceo calls him out and he's like we have everything predicted uh sort of thing and he just like diagnoses him he's like you're a lifestyle idealist oh yeah that was interesting and said, you think you're motivated by high ethical beliefs, but really you run toward pleasure and run away from pain. I was thinking about that. I, I thought the movie did a nice job of kind of showing his descent into that because he very much gets seduced both literally <laughs> and figuratively by the media. Like he's doing all these appearances. He has this power now because he's like part of the White House staff. He you know, is America's sexiest doctor or scientist or whatever. And he, he's like famous now and he's enjoying it. And I think that's kind of a way to show like, you know, we all, we would love it if, you know, AOC and Bernie saved us, but (laughs) you can't, (laughs) you can't expect to be saved by one of the people like holding a match to the house, you know, (laughs) like they're part of the problem. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, well, he diagnoses him with being lifestyle idealist. He also like thinks he's doing something. He feels like he he's making change. Yeah, like he said to the, his coworkers, he was like, "Don't you want someone like me in the room?" Mm-hmm. And so that's another you know uh, thing he's become consumed by by that point is I, I'm really making change here when really he's not. <laughs> And then he he finally breaks on the talk show again and just fucking goes off. He's like, they're all lying to you. Like, this is really bad. Yeah. What did you think of this scene? Because he he starts yelling. He kind of does like epistemological crisis line here where he says, like, if we can't agree on facts, basically, then what then? 
Like, what are we doing? I thought it was interesting. And this is when I started wondering, like, okay, is this like a COVID metaphor now? I think, again, I did find it frustrating that the two times the scientists tried to explain their points in a clear way, they do end up yelling. (laughs) And it's just, like, frustrating. And I'm not trying to be, like, a fucking, like... Civility person? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, and I understand, like, this is fucking dire, like, we don't have any time, I get it. But, like, it's... I don't know. I am someone that believes like messaging is important. And like, I think you can overdo it, obviously, like see any PR firm, but (laughs) (laughs) uh, or any, you know, government Twitter account. But like, I, I do think it is important to be able to take complex situations and explain them clearly. And I think when you have such a kind of science obsessed point of view, it's hard to do that. And they show the scientists failing at that every time they try. Yeah. I guess that's another point for science alone won't solve it because it doesn't have like the skill set, I guess, to deliver that on its own. Gotta have your propaganda. And like, there has to be a lot of touch points for a complex, a complex problem like that. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I think back to like comics I've made about explaining healthcare. Like, that's a really fucking confusing thing to most people. You have to find a way to make it like very simple. And not everyone can do that. Yeah. And another thing is how as he's getting increasingly mediaized or whatever like co-opted into not just the media but i mean the power the structures plan campaign. yeah shilling for capitalism he's more and more he is like completely detached from the masses the people right i mean like that's another thing about this messaging stuff you can set up in your in your offices figuring out what is what a real authentic americans believe about this <laughs> but like if you're organizing and doing the mass line and like figuring out what people want because you're of the people and with, you know, with them and live among them and everything, you don't run into those messaging problems. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like, and I think that's kind of symbolized by him being away from his family and just rejecting that entire lifestyle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So he freaks out and says kind of like, you know, how do how can we talk to each other? Any of this sort of stuff, and everyone's just kind of sitting dumbfounded. And then he gets blackbacked. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he's he's gone off the grid again. Yeah, off the grid. That's what they call. It. <laughs> that's what they call. It. Um, and then we see the comet. It's here. Yeah, they can finally see it. And then they start the campaign, like which I this was kind of a silly little montage. I thought. I hated this part. <laughs> The look up. So they had two competing campaigns by the end of it. They have look up campaign and then don't look up campaign. The whole time I'm like, okay, what are you going to do about it? They they barely (laughs) mentioned that. I was at first like, this is straight up. Who cares? I'm just going to look at a comet wave and die. They did. They did mention the UN plan, though, briefly in passing. They say basically there's they want the UN to put together its own deflection mission. Okay, let's talk about who actually runs the UN. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you three guesses. Yeah, for real. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's the United States, guys. If they're not on board, what the fuck else are people going to do? Like, there's just no way. Yeah, so that, but that was their, that was the, the new best hope was, and it's, it's, I don't know, it's very much like uh, old school, like peace concerts or, live aids or whatever like all that sort of activism 
culture sort of thing. Because, I mean, they do put on a big a big concert. <laughs> yeah, so the Ariana Grande character is putting on a big show with her reunited boyfriend, you know, that goes crazy on social media. And they even have a dinky little fucking campaign office. That's when I lost my shit. I was like, oh, this definitely won't work. As soon as I saw that office, I'm like, that's a sad-ass DNC office. This thing is uh, this not is, going to work. This is where motherfuckers <laughs> lose campaigns. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. Like, where's the stack of free pizza? Because this is not going to work. <laughs> uh, yeah, so one line I liked from the concert was listen to the... Qu- or she, says, she sings, listen yes. to the goddamn qualified scientists. That was so funny. I wrote that down too. <laughs> and it's just like, what? What is that? Oh. That's part of, I don't know. I think hopefully they were trying to do some sort of critique of the pure, like we believe in science crowd of like being very preachy or being like uh, smug. Right. So. Yeah. So they, they portray it as like a culture war kind of thing. It turn it turns into an awareness campaign. And so they show the initial movement and they show like all the social media stuff. And then they show the backlash of all these like conservative guys being like the Jews are trying to get you believe this yeah. and all this horrible stuff. My favorite though, was when they show this actor who's in a movie about the comet or whatever. Mm. And they're like, <laughs> I see you're wearing a pin and the arrow points up and down. And he's like, yeah, I think, you know, we need to be more united in this country. <laughs> I see both sides of it, and that cracked me up so much. Yeah, he's just like, and that's what we're doing in our movie, man. It's a popcorn movie. It's just for everyone. Like, just banal. <laughs> Ugh. Who was that guy? He looked really... Was that Chris Evans? He looked kind of like Chris Evans. Oh, it was Chris Evans. Okay, yes, I knew it. <laughs> you were right. Chris Evans. That's funny. Well, that makes me feel better about the movie's intentions or... His, Chris Evans is kind of comrade somewhat. I mean, he was in Snowpiercer. Yeah, but he was also, he's Captain America. Eh, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, no, I don't trust him. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's basically just a big ad for the Department of Defense. Okay, I have a question. Yeah. At one point, someone is getting out of their car on the street. That's uh, when they're looking at the comet, right? Uh-huh. And there's a sign in the store that says shovels only five ninety nine ninety nine. What the fuck is why are shovels so expensive? Are people digging shelters? I guess so, because in one of the campaign montages they had uh some lady doing a video that was like you know, everything's everything's gonna end or every, you know, the comet's coming and people are gonna dig in and so I'm gonna start selling shovels. Okay, I, I remember there being something earlier, but I forgot it, and I was too depressed after the movie to go back and find it, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what they were talking about. Okay, cool. So yeah, they have put on the big campaign, they end up in the rinky-dink campaign office. That's the exact words I used in my notes. <laughs> and <laughs> the UN mission, or no, it's like the UN had cut out, or the, the United States maybe had cut out Russia and China and India or someone. And then they try their own alternative mission, which I guess was the only thing that actually was going. The UN didn't have its own. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was like South Korea. Maybe. I don't know. Somebody else. The alt plan though, the backup plan, the, the cool plan that would actually divert the comet fails, blows up. 
So by that point, Bash was like the only thing left. I do like when they show the rally with uh, Jonah Hill. And like, it's very clearly a conservative crowd and everyone's saying, don't look up. And then someone does and they can see the comment and they go, you lied to us and immediately turn on him. Yeah. That's another like glimmer of smart, the, the intelligence of regular people. Yeah, because I think there is a great temptation just to smear all of those people as like idiots, you know, like, oh, they're all redneck and stupid, whatever. And instead, they're like, no, I mean, like, they are actively being lied to. And once they're able to recognize that, they can like put two and two together. Yeah, but they do have, and I would argue this is sort of from the communist perspective or more than like, I guess, specifically like Marxist, Marxist-Leninist perspective is they have the capacity to figure out that they're getting fucked over, right? And that scene in the earlier, the bar scene, they can figure that out, but they are formless in what they do in response. They can't, they, they're, they're not organized, right? You need some sort of, I mean, communists have to be out there getting people organized and being able to direct them uh, from among their ranks, like not top down saying we're better than you, but like them to, know and to be able to coordinate like actual effective actions that make use of their righteous anger at situations. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if you want to take communism out of the equation for a second, you can make the argument that maybe, you know, the scientists should be more in touch with the people and they should be able to be able to connect their message with more people without necessarily having to rely on the media for doing that. Or you could say, yeah, the media should be more disconnected from power so that they can disseminate information. I I guess what I'm saying is like the, this is why I think the movie works better as a metaphor for capitalism, because like you can trace all of the problems back to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, they're, they're like just figuring out how they're going to die. Kate gets engaged in the car <laughs> ride over to, in Michigan, I guess is where they're at by now. Uh, they, they buy or take groceries. I don't know if anyone's <laughs> Unclear. Yeah. And then we're down to launch day. Now they do a little, they do one of the montages that they've been doing throughout the film. Not of like, uh, not the campaign stuff or whatever, but like just nature? video shots of, yeah, of like nature of humans. I loved these. I did too. And I at first I was like, what the fuck are we doing? Mm-hmm. But as it went on, especially towards the end, they were really impactful. Yeah. Like the editing in this movie was great because it, it made you like re- think like this is what we're going to lose. Like they showed like hippos at one point. I'm yeah. like, oh no, no more hippos. Just, I mean, you know, yeah. And like ants, not as desirable, but like, cool. <laughs> I think insects are cool anyway. Uh, you know, like whales. and But then also just like people all around the yeah. world, less American centric, you know just living just existing and closer to the end like you know coping and stuff but yeah i I like what you said of of like what we would lose yes yeah it it made it feel i mean yeah much more global and i i think that was important because if this is a climate change metaphor like and you know if it is a capitalist or a covid metaphor like all those things are, are global issues it's it's not as simple as just one country. Yeah. And I do, this brings up kind of one of our recurring topics here of like the difference between the comet and capitalism slash climate change is <laughs> in the movie. It's very tragic 
it's like this is you know we're trying to save ourselves from destruction and we failed because we suck but it is just some outside force coming to obliterate us and imagine there was no human civilization and as you know advanced enough to do that we would just get wiped but in our case this is these scenes are what we're destroying are what we're letting well, yeah we're making the conscious people choice just, yeah and we're well what we're letting Not certain people us, yeah do to us yeah what what they're taking away i know earlier i was talking about well, like you know the tsunamis hitting chile and stuff like that like that's kind of a decision to put more of the burden on marginalized people but like in the movie like the comet destroys pretty much the whole planet and it seems pretty immediate whereas climate change is and will continue to affect like more impoverished areas first like that's just already happening yeah and climate change is more in that way aligned with the bash plan. If that had worked, right, if they had actually successfully yes. broken them up, it would be really fucking over the Chilean coast and everything while leaving the elites unscathed. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas this one is like, no, this is affecting everybody at the same time, which I think doesn't quite hold up, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we get down to launch day. Doc um, makes up with his wife. I would not let that man back in my house, but okay. <laughs> I mean, on the other <laughs> hand, it's the last day. Like, it's the end of the world. I so don't know. The launch of the Bash mission starts out badly. <laughs> Everything explodes. Yeah, they start with some explosions, but they get some stuff up there to the comet, and they sort of intersperse this with the family dinner like at the same time. My note was... TBH, yeah, if we're all going to die, might as well have salmon. (laughs) (laughs) I do like a salmon. I probably would have gone with... I would have gone steak, probably. Steak, yeah. It's my last meal. Not going to say no to a good steak of the last... (laughs) On the last day. Uh, Steak, creme brulee, maybe. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, I'm hungry, in case you can't tell. (laughs) I can smell Kyle cooking dinner downstairs, and I'm just like, I need to get down there. (laughs) Okay. So... Then the mission really goes off the rails. They start losing drone after drone. And then the, C- the CEO just like. He just leaves. I got to go to the restroom basically and just leaves. <laughs> and the president does too. But yeah, everyone, everyone leaves to go do whatever they're going to do at the end of time. Um, for the rich people, that is leave on a wild, crazy ship. Yep, yep. And the president calls up Dr. Mindy and says, like, there's a spot for you and one other person. You can take your newscaster girlfriend or your wife. And he's just like, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, they go. They go off. They, yeah, they fly away. Uh, They leave. (laughs) They leave the the Jonah Hill behind. Oh, I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) She, like, forgot about her own son. (laughs) And he's like, Mom... I don't think it's a coincidence that big tech is getting into space when we're destroying our planet. Yeah, it makes sense from their point of view because they're they know what's coming. Uh, we see it here very viscerally. Everyone dies. Yeah. Or yeah. is destroyed in some way. Like it's not a hundred. Like we said with extinction level event or whatever. Like it's not a hundred percent. I mean, people do survive it. I'm sure. But, yeah, it seems very much like our main cast has died. Yeah, they seem to. They show, like, their house blowing up. So, like, I don't think they made that one. Yeah. 
I think they're done. <laughs> but you know, it was, it was kind of nice, but it felt maybe a little too defeatist, yeah. which I guess is the point. But they, you know, all just like talked about what they're grateful for and held hands. And I just was like, yeah. I don't know. It just felt kind of like, oh, well. <laughs> By that point, I get it, but. By that point, I guess, yeah. There should have been, you know. Should have been more riots. Yeah, and you should have been, like, less thankful and more, like, upset at what you chose to do versus what could have worked. I don't know. I would have been still pretty mad. Yeah, when she (laughs) says, when Kate says, like, we tried. Like, I mean, kind of. You kind of did. But They tried within the system they were given, and... I think the point of the movie is that the system does not work in any shape or fashion. Like the media doesn't work. The systems in power don't work. Like tech doesn't work. Like none of it is, is real. It's all, it's all based on this belief in power that just is at best incompetent and at worst actively evil. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. I don't know. Maybe we're asking for something that it doesn't need to give. It's very good at, at presenting the problem like you said you know it does show that it doesn't work it does show that the reform approach fails does it need to actually is it the movie's job is it effective is it effective medium to even say like what's the alternative i don't think that's what they're trying to do like i think at a certain point of watching this i realized no no this is going to fail but you know comments hidden there's there's no coming back you know it was a fucking bummer to watch and it did stick with me and it was like I think a typical like Hollywood movie would have found some sort of plucky way to get through it. Some great man bullshit, you know, or deus ex machina or something. I think it was effective in, in showing you like how fucked up it all is. It, it was not effective in sh- offering solutions, but I don't think that's what it was trying to do. And I think that something you said there made me think that it would not have been a good idea to try to present a solution because in Hollywood, the best way to portray things is through a single character. So even if they were trying to represent mass action and everything as an as a way to overthrow society and, and make this work, it would have had to, to be interesting on screen, been done through one or a couple of characters. And then that would kind of say, well, we need to, you know, we need to have cool people like that <laughs> doing cool adventure stuff. You know what I mean? Like it would have tried to put too much, you know, uh, people would have got the wrong idea, right? They would have said, we need a savior. Yeah, yeah, and I'm so curious as to if there is a storytelling mechanism or example of someone who does a good job of portraying mass action in a work of fiction. Listeners, if you know of anyone who does a good job of that, please send it our way, because I'd be really interested, because maybe this is just a, a thing in Western culture, I don't know, but in like most of our literature and film and stuff like that, it is very focused on main characters. And I understand why, obviously, but that is very hard to portray, like you said, like a mass movement. But it's good at what it did. It, it, yeah, it was. I was fucking bummed out. Like, I, listeners, if you're on the Patreon, you will see my notes just get sadder and sadder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. All right. Um, did you see the fate of the rich people? Okay, I did not realize there was a post-credits scene. I just watched it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so they end up on this 
idyllic looking planet. First off, everyone is old. They are not going to be able to repopulate. Almost everyone there is old. Yeah, most of them. Yeah. Although maybe they figured out a science way. Also, I'm shocked that any of that tech worked. I just, I'm sorry. I just don't believe it. (laughs) But yeah, they're like all naked in this new Eden. It was pretty good tech too. That was 22,000 years in the future. Oh, I didn't catch that part. That's funny. Oh, I liked too the detail of like when the cryo chambers were opening, you could see the labels of who everyone was. And there's like an oil guy and a lobbying guy. It was ridiculous. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (sighs) They end up there. A lot of them died. Mm Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, it's pretty good. Uh, And then the president walks off to see this new creature (laughs) and just gets eaten. Yep. I'm okay with that. (laughs) That's the thing about, you know, space exploration and trying to find, you know, near Earth planets and things is if they're suitable for life, (laughs) they may be suitable for life that is dangerous to you. That's a good fucking point. Really? (laughs) Also, there's a there's a post post credit scene. There's too many post-credit scenes in this movie. That's my... I didn't need that. (laughs) (laughs) Too much? Yeah. Uh, The post-post-credit scene is Jonah Hill's character survives, crawls out of the rubble. Of all the people to survive. Why that one? (laughs) (laughs) But there are, you know, certainly, therefore, more other ones that survive. That's true. Better people. Hopefully. (laughs) So, yeah. All right. There we are. End of the movie. How leftist do you think this movie is? I don't think it's, like, traditionally leftist. I think it's more just, like... It is. It does a great job critiquing capitalism and a pretty good job of critiquing liberalism. I, I'm curious what, like, I I don't think you could, like, make a movie in today's, you know, capitalist Hollywood that would do much more than what this did. Yeah, that's true. I think it it does a, like you said, a fairly good job of critiquing those things. No solution, but, like, yeah. How, you know. How would you do that? <laughs> great question. <laughs> yeah, and we mentioned the... the storytelling problems there as well like pretty good job uh, with what they had i mean i we did kind of point out the shortcomings of like a little expert heavy listen to science uh without really diving into any of like well how could we make that work for people effectively upsetting (laughs) There was also, yeah, we also mentioned earlier the, like, maybe seeing people as generally very distractible or dumb, like, that coming across as characterizing them as dumb. I think so. I think it's a mix. Like, I I really appreciated that if they hadn't had that bar scene or even when people were stopping in the middle of the street uh, to Mm -hmm. look up at the comet, like, that kind of helped. the rally. Yeah, the rally. Those scenes kind of helped it being from being just like, you know, another idiocracy kind of thing. Right, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I think it does a good job of showing kind of the existential and terrifying nature of the climate crisis, where it is just like too much. (laughs) You're like, what the Mm -hmm. fuck can I do about it? I'm just like a guy. And the very real desire to, I mean, like fucking... J-Law said was just, I just want to go get high or just like, I want to go eat some salmon or, you know, I want to just go spend time with my loved ones, which like are all valid things to do. I would love to do all three of those at once. But (laughs) I think it does a good job of portraying that kind of feeling of helplessness of when you are relying on these power structures and they let you down, you just, it feels like there's nothing you can do. 
Yeah, because at that point there isn't. You missed your shot. Your shot was taking over the place, and then you know deciding together. Hey, let's put the smart people. Let's make them do the thing. And you know that was that's your chance. By that point, you are helped. You may as well just oh yeah <laughs> enjoy your last moments. You know because yeah. that's and and I guess it's showing that when we you know when we didn't have that action when we were just alone, that's what we had. We were powerless, but together we can do so much more. <laughs> I really hope so, guys. <laughs> uh, all right, star rating. A three and a half out of five. Okay. And I'm giving it this because I think it's a very well-made movie. Like, I like the music, too. Like, it was kind of funky brass stuff that was fun. I think it's effective at at showing, like we said, a lot of the, the problems with capitalism and media and all that stuff. But I do think the messaging gets muddled at times. And also, I would never fucking watch this movie again in a million years. In fact, I told Kyle today, you're lucky I did not make you watch this movie with me. This would have given you an anxiety attack. Like, if you're going to watch this movie, like, plan something nice afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's good advice. Yeah. Personally thought it was good. Would never watch it again. But, you know, mixed bag. What about you? I got to start going first. (laughs) Do I keep influencing you? you? Yeah, no, and I'm not influence me, but like I was thinking I was going to do three and a half. Oh, really? And now it's not convincing because I went second. Sure so you like, were. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little long. I, like we said, there's uh, not downsides, but may- maybe blind spots or spots where they are like less than generous to, I don't know, either like Gen Z or like uh, regular people or whatever, you know, they, they, they're, it's with any satire, you kind of pick at people, but it's, you know, we're on one side, I guess. We don't really like when the people at the bottom are targeted too. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And of course we covered kind of the imperfections of the metaphor itself. I mean, if your metaphor can be like three different things, maybe it's not the most clear metaphor. (laughs) Yeah. But on the other hand, it kind of like touches a lot of bases, you know, it kind of makes you Makes you think, man, you know? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, really, I wish I had done more reading on, like, people's reactions to it. I kind of ignored all those headlines because I wanted to watch it first. So, yeah, whatever. It is a little bit of a slog, though. I will. Like, not just lengthwise, <laughs> but like you said, sad. Emotionally, sort of, yeah. Yeah, and I also struggle because and this is one of the things that, that uh, Dr. Randall says in, in his big rant is, like, will people even... If people are going to even watch this based on their political ideology, if even if they do, will they just ignore it? Like, so you said it was effective, but how effective is it? It's not. Perhaps it's effective toward maybe toward liberals in radicalizing some of them, showing them like, here's your plan. It just blew up the world. But how many people are even convincible like out there? I don't know. <laughs> and And I think you could show this to someone... And they could easily dismiss it as, well, that would never happen because it's a comet. And they'd get really focused on that and say, like, well, climate change is different. Like, you know, we have plenty of time and we have, you know, again, they'll be like, well, maybe the tech for that will work and things like that. Like, I I could see showing this to someone and, and hearing those kinds of th- that kind of feedback. I mean, it, even we, we engaged we in did some too. of that. Like, <laughs> the metaphor is not exactly right. Yeah. You know, yeah. but when you back up and say, OK, capitalism with heavy influences of, you know, climate change, mm-hmm. pandemic, this sort of thing, then you can kind of see the big picture of some people are screwing us over 
for their own gain. I could see a lot of people, I think a lot of liberals could watch it and just say like, well, those are obviously conservatives. They, they could read yeah. those Trump cues and say, well, that's what happens when you have corruption in office. That's what happens when you have reality show people in charge. And they could just say, we need more good people in charge. So like there's too much satir- too many satirical elements to where basically anybody can pick out the the group being made fun of that they don't like and see we should not have these people doing things. Yeah, right? I could see I could see a lot of people pointing towards the the Trump parallels towards the even the tech parallels like you have people saying like, yeah, we do, you know, like an Elizabeth Warren type is like, yeah, we should break up the big companies and stuff mm, like that. Yeah. The media, I think, too, like because they yeah. focus so hard on that, like morning talk show kind of bent, they could be like, well, you need like peer reviewed media, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like a like they used to have the old like our discussion group or whatever where they would have like the smart people in Washington oh, come God, and yeah. talk about an issue or something, you know, Ugh, NPR had one That's of those shows called intelligence squared. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get through 15 minutes of it. I was like, I'm going to, I would rather listen to fucking Prairie home companion than this. <laughs> Uh, that's what people you know if that's your thing though i mean i'm sorry because people say <laughs> people <laughs> people love probably say the thing about our podcast like oh i would rather i'm sure i'd rather watch the home shopping network than... <laughs> i i'm sure anyway <laughs> i think that's my issue with it being i guess again it's kind of muddled people could pick out what they want to pick out from it that makes sense okay what are we doing next week next week we're going to do a little history, travel back in time, uh, and learn about the Luddites. Cool. Okay. So we've heard about these guys in our like Marx readings, I'm pretty sure. The common definition being, oh, that means dumb. It's That's not really what it is, right? Right. This is not your grandmother having trouble with <laughs> her laptop. Yeah. Okay. That's not what we're talking about with Luddites. It's a real thing from history. So we'll tell you more about it then. Sounds good. See ya next week. All right. See ya. Bye. Hey there, comrades. Just jumping in to remind you of all of our social media. We are on Twitter at Teach Communism, Instagram at Teach Me Communism. You can shoot us an email. That's teachmecommunism at gmail.com. Any of those places are good to send us an episode suggestion or a question, anything you think would be useful feedback for us or just your admiration. If you want to admire us in a public manner, and you should, you can go to Apple Podcasts to give us a review. It is the best way to help people find the show. Love when people write and review us. Please do both. We are also on YouTube, if that's how you prefer to listen to podcasts, or if you know someone that's the only way they'll listen to podcasts, send them to our page. And we have a Patreon. For five bucks a month, you get access to our notes for each week's episode, including the backlog of notes, which is a very handy resource for up-and-coming commies. And at the end of the year, all of the funds from Patreon will be given to local mutual aid in the DFW area. So, ain't going to line our pockets. Finally, we have merch. Check us out at Public. You can find shirts and I believe also stickers and magnets and all kinds of fun stuff with catchphrases from the show or episode art, stuff like that. The link to that store is in the show notes, so check that out. Okay, that's all the internet. Join us next time for another episode of Teach Me Communism, where the class struggle is always in session. Bye, y'all.